0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah Eggleseth. it is mental health monday and I'm very thankful for Mental Health Monday. Me a, friend, uh, a friend from church recently uh, stopped by, stopped me in the, the narthex to let me know that he had, uh, he listened to one episode of Mental Health Monday recently and realized, I need to go back and listen to all of them now <laughs> um, because it was that helpful. So we're excited for Mental Health Monday and checking in with Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: Joining us this morning for Mental Health Monday, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman author of Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. And we are digging into the next chapter, Friendship, today. Good morning, Heidi. Good
2: morning.
0: We are, I I think you've been anticipating this chapter for a while now because you sounded pretty excited about it last time we chatted. Um, Friendship.
2: mm -hmm. I love talking about friendship. And I think it's something that like is a challenge for all of us. Like, I I feel like I'm ready to make that statement. Universally, this is a place of growth and questions and, um, yeah, just personal understanding and stuff, too. So I'm excited. I think it's a chapter we can do a lot with.
0: So let's start with definitions, our vocabulary lesson for this week, (laughs) vocabulary terms uh, terms to define this week. Um, Just one this week, friendship.
2: Friendship, yeah. Well, these four words I think are really important. Affection, support, trust, and honor. As I looked into scripture in particular, alongside some of the psychological and sociological research, these words kept coming out as places where we experience um, intimacy in a really unique way as human beings. And um, there's a depth of intimacy to be had when these four things are present um, that we won't have when any of those four things are lacking. And when those things are lacking in certain relationships, there also needs to be a little bit of healing if we're going to return to that place of depth where we feel safe and able to be vulnerable. So those four things, a mutual state. Also, I think that mutual... I can't say the word now. Mutuality? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Some words are harder than others, um, but there's this mutual state, this reciprocity of friendship going on where acquaintanceship, if you will, is often one-sided or um, lacks the depth that friendship does. Uh, So then also a relationship that is exceptional in its closeness. So it stands out. I don't mean exceptional as in like w- it needs to be amazing and perfect and everything you know that is unicorns and kittens and butterflies for friendship in our lives, but exceptional in that it is different than other relationships. Um, and we can get into why I think that's really important in a little bit, but also outside the norm of occasional and coincidental human connection. There's some intentionality alongside maybe some happenstance in the way that it starts.
1: Mm hmm. I love I love this chapter. I love talking about friendship. It has come up uh, frequently lately in like Bible classes about like, re- I don't know if reclaiming is the word, but, but like reclaiming this idea of friendship, especially like as the body of Christ of coming together and really being intentional mm-hmm. uh, about making friends because making friends as, as adults is just hard. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I appreciate talking about this and how social media has altered maybe how we understand friendship because we have quote unquote friends on social media which aren't probably they don't they don't fall under this these definitions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe at all
2: yeah in response (laughs) to that in particular um as an aside I was just talking to someone about how I'm trying to use the term followers more often when that's appropriate like these are my social Mm. media followers or I follow these people on social media I think that I'm guessing the the mega giants who created certain social media outlets it unintentionally applied the word friendship um, actually when you put it in context it made sense in the original context mm-hmm. um, but then as it grew that maybe that terminology doesn't serve us well anymore and so but I noticed this social media thing was actually already present in our culture. So we have, I think, a problem of applying the word friend where it isn't necessarily true. Like there needs to be perhaps a stage between acquaintance and when we apply friendship. And I'm not sure what we're going to call that, but we should come up with it. Maybe that's a Lutheran ladies lounge discussion. Mm. Hey, I like <laughs> that. will take you, Andy. Sorry. but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: girls only sorry <laughs> no
2: no I think you know this is concerning for for male friendships both with one another and mm-hmm. for co-ed friendships right like how do we use words words are simply mm-hmm. metaphors to help us be able to express these things in our life how do we craft them and maybe create some new ones that suit us better um, or give us more nuance to what we're experiencing
0: so, what are some misconceptions about friendship? You you mm-hmm. cover some of them in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some that you'd like to bring up today?
2: Well, we're going to talk, I think, about the concept of how friendships start in just a second. So, I'll skip over that um, misconception until we come back to that. I do think okay. there are misconceptions with um, the whole male-female thing, right? Like how those exist. I think, especially in the church, and and maybe an unfortunate aside of. Purity culture, which hopefully wasn't really um big or loud in Lutheranism, but did, you know, impact church culture for a hot minute there. Um, mm-hmm. we might in places be overly cautious about male female th- friendships and how they exist. Um, and I think at the very least, it kind of shut down some conversations we needed to be having about uh the role of those friendships in our life. And so I think that's one cultural misconception that's more like a cultural ball of yarn to untangle um, <laughs> um another piece about friendship i think that is a misconception is uh that it's easy <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that there's this uh no offense disney channel but disney channel or, or nickelodeon idea of friendship will just all those broadcast networks um that they happen to you and they're amazing and there's no work or effort in them. If it's a true friendship, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. trueness of the relationship exists around the ease of it. And that uh, let's just blow that out of the water. No, (laughs) that is not true. Friendship in by definition, remember, like all the earlier chapters, relationships are effort and good effort. This is the good work of God given to us as stewards of the things that He's gifted us in our life. Um, And so there should be rest involved in friendship. There should be play um, and and all that we are made for, knowing and safety. However, it's okay that there's effort as well, Um, and especially as Uh, believers in christ we can embrace that effort knowing there's also freedom in it like i'm not winning my salvation with my effort toward friendships uh but it's past that it's it's more in the realm of um living in the freedom to know one another truly and deeply in this life we've been given that's both challenging and
1: beautiful Mm mm-hmm All right. We're going to throw out some C.S. Lewis here. uh, Let's let's talk about how friendships start. You mentioned this is also a misconception.
2: Yeah. The misconception. So, and it's funny because usually you pay for C.S. Lewis quotes in books um, and it's actually quite high compared to other things. Um, I was really stoked for this book that they gave me this for free. (laughs) Wow. Um, And it it might just be in fair use, but part of me is like, yes, I think there's, this particular quote is so often misused and like contextually, and so you can find this. I think you guys said on page one nineteen in the book if yeah. someone has it available. Um, but in the Four Loves, uh, C.S. Lewis writes quite a bit about friendship, which I'm really grateful to him for. Um, and he talks about sacrifice and and our desire for friendship that is innate to who we are and and how we were made by God. Um, but unfortunately. People often quote him as saying, friendship is what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Um, And even my own beloved Brene Brown actually has a book like somewhat based on this quote, if you will, or at least influenced by it, that has that whole me too idea in it. Um, And what C.S. Lewis actually said was the typical expression of opening friendship would be something like what, you two? I thought I was the only one. Now, notice what is missing is the typical expression of opening friendship, right? So, friendships often start with that awareness of connection, um, an awareness of some kind of linkage, uh, but it that doesn't mean that that's how the friendship is sustained or maintained. And I think we have taken that quote and applied it to the entirety of the friendship rather than leaving it at the opening of what invitation is for friendship.
0: Mm. So now we've talked about the opening. What about sustaining friendship? Mm -hmm. What sustains friendships?
2: Yeah, well, and if I can uh, be so bold as to just stay with that opening for one more second i think this is a piece that people it's so vulnerable to invite (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. so vulnerable and so i think Mm -hmm. some of us feel very challenged to get to the friendship because the invitation is so much to ask like it's so hard for our systems um for our heart soul mind and strength we I, I know people who have like a visceral response to trying to extend that invitation based on the ways uh, that people have responded in the past or maybe other heartaches and hurts. Um, and so I just want the listener to know that if that part is hard for you, inviting, um, it's it's understandable. It is hard. It is a challenge, and that vulnerability is going to be big and loud for some of us, um, actually for all of us and and maybe louder for for some. And so, But however, friendships, they won't get anywhere without the invitation. So there is something to be said for we can sit around and wait for those invitations to come, but that really... You know, is that any way to live? I think that um, everyone wants to be invited, and if we can see this opening from a place of compassion for ourselves and others, that everyone wants to be invited, and we are doing the work of God when we invite someone in. Um, I hope that helps people who are challenged by this to be able to use that vulnerability, lean into it, reach out, and invite someone in, knowing that Jesus Christ is our our first and our best friend and he does not disappoint when humans do. So that would be what I wanted to say about invitation. Do you want to re-ask your question, Andy?
0: I will. I'll do that in just a minute (laughs) when we come right back. (laughs) You're listening to The Coffee Hour. It's Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. And uh, we have more to chat about friendship in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We are taking a look at the friendship chapter in Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. All right, so we talked about how friendship starts. Um, How are friendships sustained?
2: Mm, So there are some words that I think the Bible utilizes that can really inform us here in a way that I'm not sure we would get without scripture in our lives. And so I'm very excited about this particular biblical research um, that I just feel like God really opened up my eyes to as I uh, went to write this chapter. And especially when I was working with a lot of um, pastor's wives in church work wellness uh, and that feeling of really struggling with friendship and wanting to have friendships and what made a friendship what it was and then also working with adolescents and teens and seeing the common threads that these are very different lives lived um but these three pieces were what made the difference for them in friendships and so biblically um and using that biblical language uh well showing up is one thing and and maybe you could say follow through is included in that but um we might also call this alongside or uh, ministry of presence in our relationships, where you actually show up in the hard times as well as the good times, that uh, we don't turn away from people when they get complicated. That's a big piece of friendship. The second piece is sacrificing. Um, and you can imagine how this is central to our friendship with Jesus, um, that we are called friends of God because of his death and resurrection um and so sacrificing will then also be present in our own friendships um and that sometimes is something we would prefer not to be true <laughs> and then the last part is abiding uh and that is the remaining Uh, where we're not just showing up, but we stay. And I guess that's actually more the follow-through piece, so I misspoke about that. But it's um, that in the vineyard, spending time together, uh, that it does not just take effort, but there is a component of energy, time, and space for these relationships. Um, And We talked about that a little bit in romantic relationships, the image of the vineyard um, and spending time together. But this also applies to friendship, that there are special places in our lives where we make space for people and invite them further in. Um, Not just that invitation a single time, but that we see it again and
1: again and again in friendships. Are there other things in scripture uh, where God teaches us about friendship?
2: Yeah, I I love the language of uh, John, you know, the letters of John, as well as the Gospel of John. And I think there is a lot about friendship in there. I mean, you could go to the Proverbs and you would find the word friend quite a bit as well. But, you know, that's wisdom literature. (laughs) And the difference between wisdom literature and uh, the Gospels is that the Gospels make us feel good (laughs) and, like, remind us of our redemption in a way that I think sometimes the Proverbs fail a little bit, even though they have their value. Don't get me wrong. I'm not slamming Proverbs completely. Um, But I would say start there. Um, John 15, that the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. It's interesting that in this context is where Jesus starts talking about, calling his disciples friends. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. There's that sacrificing piece. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. There's that uh, abiding, the the con- the continuation of the relationship um, that just like Jesus's sacrifice isn't like one and done with us. There's still more to the relationship, even though that's the core of it. So so is true with our friendship. Um, there might be some sacrifice, and then there's also that that follow up, that time spent together, um, and the freedom that comes with that sacrifice for each other. All
0: right. So this word abiding keeps coming up in scripture, and and you've used it multiple times. Can you unpack what does abiding mean mm-hmm. in this sense, and what what role does it really play in sustaining friendship?
2: Yeah, abiding is um well let me read a little bit actually um from the book this term abiding is a massive piece of the friendship puzzle there's no friendship where there is no connection and no friendship can be sustained sustained without abiding this is true for a friendship with jesus and with other people friendships begin because someone showed up initially because someone connected initially, but friendships continue because they connected again and again. My friendship with Jesus is based solely on the ra- reality that he showed up, he sacrificed, and he continues to show up abiding with me. And so in in a s- in less one-sided way, so friendship and our friendship with Jesus is, you know, we, we try our best, but at It's continuous and lovely because he always does these things in our life. It's a little bit more challenging for us in reciprocity. Um, and so part of abiding then is in also seeking forgiveness and what uh, the Gottmans call repair attempts, that when I have failed to connect with you again and again, which is that piece of abiding, of being together, of uh, seeking you out and then receiving your vulnerability back, um, when that has failed or broken down a little bit, they're repair is possible. And I really think part of abiding is that this is a place in our life where forgiveness can reign, where it's an active process in our relationships. And we get to experience forgiveness more often instead of um, maybe where we see it less clearly. You know, the deeper the relationship, the more vulnerability, the more need for forgiveness is often going to pop up And so abiding is, I think, connected to connection and reaching out vulnerably to one another, but also forgiveness then so often in those repair attempts.
1: Mm -hmm. So what does this look like in an authentic, real, real friendship, I think? at least for me personally, I don't know if it was pandemic or just, I don't know, getting older, uh, but the whole like showing up thing for a friendship has really become a lot more uh, real for me of, of actually being intentional about, about those things uh, of knowing that, oh yeah, this is an opportunity that I have to show up for my friends so mm-hmm. that they know that I, I care about them.
2: Absolutely. And I think that it's very comforting to know we don't have to do this for everyone. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) kindness is for everyone. Friendship is for some, like we, Mm. we don't have to make friends with the world. And as a solid Enneagram seven, I often feel like I need to let everyone know they're my friend. And I need to be a little bit more honest about that. I think in my own life, because there is only so much energy, time, resources, um, that we have in our life on this planet. And so we can bring kindness into all our spaces, bring some safety into all of our spaces, but be intentional with a few. And there's some research on what a few means and so you can google that. Um but just know that you don't have to apply this to everyone. Then I think that intentionality is in this uh kind of small idea if you will that the Gottmans call bids For connection, where I throw out these like mini invitations or check ins or small verbal and nonverbal ways uh, for us to remain connected instead of just allowing that space to fill our friendship. Um, And so often, you know, I'm a, a very good texter, and knowing that that's my communication love language, if you will, that's oftentimes how my friends reach out to me. Like they're they don't expect me to pick up my phone when it rings, although I will for them. Um, I think learning about your people and the the friendships that you value most, and what those bids for connection look like for those individuals, you don't have to learn it for everybody, but for those individuals, will go a really long way. And then not also being on the hamster wheel of abiding, where we feel exhausted by it. Because abiding should be a place of rest to some degree, where we're, we're giving effort, but the actual moments we also feel seen and heard. Um, and again, resting in that resurrection and, and salvation freedom that Jesus won, where we can just spend time together and it doesn't have to look like something so specific.
0: So let's unpack brokenness uh, just a little bit in this chapter. How brokenness impacts or affects friendship?
2: Yeah, I think this goes all the way from weird, just things that happen that are weird, and people mean weird, myself included, all the way to like just train wrecks of friendship. Right? There's like a wide difference in between. But like, I think about the the weirdness factor. Is so interesting to me because you'll throw out a bid for connection, say, and someone responds and you're like, what in the world? Like, that is not how I thought this would go down, right? Or this is, I think just so often we interact with people and we don't understand their perspective or their vantage point, or they thought they were communicating one thing and we heard something completely different. And that's what I mean by weird. Sometimes it's, you know, our sin, our own grievous sin or their sin, but sometimes it's just weird. Um, And it doesn't have to be about sin. You know, it can just be that brokenness where things are perfect. Uh, And we feel the imperfection in weird and wild ways at times. Uh, So being aware of that in God's own way that he makes beauty from ashes of weirdness, if you will. Sometimes the weirdness is what connects us, right? I have a story in here about my friend and I trying to communicate about a Starbucks card and it was so strange and like I didn't know what to say and she didn't know how to respond and we just worked through it and it's honestly one of the reasons that we're friends is because we walked through the weirdness we abided in that weirdness together um, and came out the other side so we honestly know that our weirdness can come out any other time because we made it through this thing you know Um, and then there's I mean, the other end of train wreck brokenness. Maybe there's a stop along the way at friendships that just kind of die at times. Like there's friendships that have their time and their season. And so, again, that's not always about sin. Sometimes I, I think I say this in the book, but maybe not, that there's friendships for a moment, friendships for a season and friendships for a lifetime Um, And sometimes we need to repair things, but also sometimes just let things go. And those are different. Um, And then occasionally the train wreck where someone does something hurtful or we do something hurtful. um, And whether we need to reach out and and ask for forgiveness uh, with that person or sometimes that's not available, we do we have that invitation to confess before god also when we make a train wreck of things and to experience his absolution in this as well and that will help our other friendships and other relationships then as we move forward
1: yeah i think it's really interesting to think about friendships like through our life cycle of some of the like i'm friends with one person that i've known since i was 5 which still blows my mind that that she's known me for like 30 years of my life and then there's other friends that you know i've known since college and and there's it's interesting talking about the different life cycles and and uh, and how different friends know you on different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and embracing the awkward has definitely uh, that is that is one of my jams. Uh, <laughs> what <Well>, I love connecting <laughs> over just being awkward. People mm-hmm. is wonderful. I think uh, I think that can be a very healthy thing to just be comfortable being <laughs> a little weird with people.
2: Yeah, I actually think that gives the friendship much more meat. You know, if these are people we can be awkward with and weird with, then that's a safe place for us to be. And they feel safe, right? It's a much more non judgmental space. Um, and there's not that many of those in our world. And so our friendships give that to us.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say 90% of my friendships from college were like the foundation is awkwardness so yep.
1: we have <laughs> yeah. my college friends and i have like different hand signals for being awkward like oh. we were we were strange we still are mm-hmm. you know as a 40
2: year old woman i feel like i i actually look for those people now like who is going yeah. to be awkward yeah. and i wish i could go back and tell my 17 year old 20 year old self like look for the awkward ones they're your people yep. right and I think that's the beauty of adult friendship is we maybe know ourselves better so we have a little monitor that it tells us like what friendships are going to be maybe a little bit more successful than others but at the same time it's still again awkward and weird um, just like you said embrace it like lean towards that um, because that's where some good friendship stuff is
1: yeah
0: Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration is the, the book we're working through with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Heidi, thank you so much. Always good to catch up with you. Friendship this week and then next week uh, we dig into the body of Christ. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.